Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Wednesday, August the 17th, and we are back, people. We are back for season four. The Time Is Now. Thank y'all for coming back and rocking with me. This week, we got a lot to talk about. We got the NFL, preferably the AFC West, championship division. We got NBA action coming back. The drama with KD, what's going on with him? What's going on with Russell Westbrook? <laughs> we even got some projections for the MLB. We got Tony in the building, Tony O in the building to help us figure it all out. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, y'all, welcome back to season four. Season four, the time is now. Yes. We are back. We are back. We are back. Season four. And how should we start this off? With the summer coming to a close, which means, guess what? We're finishing off the WNBA season, people. The WNBA season, we usually never start the show with the WNBA, but we are right now. So many storylines in the WNBA. We got the defending champs coming in as the second seed and the the, the, the aces from Las Vegas uh, with the number one overall seed. But somehow the Connecticut Sun have made a way to be the overall favorites to win it this summer. So let's go through it. The playoffs begin tonight. Tonight. Now, everything's different now. Now they're bracketing one through eight. They've always been the top eight out of 12, which they think they should expand, but we'll get into that another time. They've always been one through eight. However, the first top two seeds used to have a bye. And then in the first round, it was a one-game elimination. So they changed that. Thank God they changed that. So they got away from that, and now they're doing a three-game elimination to whereas the home team, the top seed, but get two games at home. And if the and if the visiting team can manage to upset one of those games, then the final game three will be on their home floor. So it, it truly is the way of instantaneously taking home court advantage away. So what we're looking for is a game one upset, which would then automatically mean you're going to go on the other team's home court for the final game three. So that should be riveting. So we should see how that turns out. Um, the way it's bracketed, you have one through eight. Number one, Las Vegas Aces, like I've already stated. They'll be going against the Phoenix Mercury when you have Diana Tarazi, who should be hanging it up pretty soon. And then you have my girl, Scotter um, Diggins-Smith, who is um, a candidate for MVP this season. But you can't mention the, the Mercury without mentioning, yes, Brittany Griner, who's been incarcerated for nearly 200 days in Russia, who's just been sentenced to nine and a half years. We'll see how that turns out. I've had a lot of debates about it. I've had soapbox about it. Not that I'm tired of talking about it, but we got so much other show to cover right now. But I wish them very well. The Aces are my second favorite team in the league because Vegas is my second home. I used to love to follow my girl, 
Cam Beige when she was there. They lost her. It seemed like they got better, which isn't good. And then let's talk about my Sparks really quick. You know what? We'll get to them in a minute. Let's go on to number two. Number two team, Chicago Sky, the defending champs where my girl Candace Parker left my Sparks to go there, went in her hometown and won her first season in Chicago. She's looking to put another notch on her belt and get another title, which will be her third. She gets her third title. She may stick around for another year to get her fourth to match Maya Moore and match all the other greats who've only the, the tops they've ever won is four. No one's got more than four titles in WNBA history. Candace Parker's looking to be another one in that number. They face off against the, the Liberty, which UNESCO is there, who was the, the, the last disciple of the one late great Kobe Bean Bryant. And UNESCO is already catching Candace Parker when it comes to triple doubles all time in the WNBA. After that, we have Sue Bird in the Spur and the, 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 the Seattle Storm going against the Mystics. And you got Deladon down there. So the overall leading score um, for the, is on the Storm as well. Um, and that team is sneaky good. They have a chance to really upset a lot of people. This is Sue Bird's last season. I think it's her 21st season. Um, All-time assist leader in the WNBA. So we got to look to see what happens there. Finally, you have um, the overall favorites to win it all um, by BPI, the Connecticut Sun going against the Dallas Wings. Um, the Dallas Wings has a lot of firepower. Connecticut Sun has always been, uh, for the last few seasons, a very consistent team in the WNBA. A lot of firepower, just couldn't uh, withstand some of the best teams last season. Um, game one, um, the first game should be tonight at 5 o'clock Pacific time. The Chicago Sky will host the New York Liberty. So they're going to open up the NBA, I'm sorry, the WNBA playoffs with the defending champs. And then the Phoenix Mercury will take on the uh, Las Vegas Aces at 7 p.m. Pacific time. So look forward to that. You guys check it out. It's going to be on ESPN and ABC. Go ahead and check out the WNBA playoffs. They have, their numbers are increasing. Um, they're peaking just the way the NBA did. They're in their 26th season. That's when the NBA started to pick it up. But I, I'll be remiss if I didn't mention how a lot of these young ladies are still, or young women, are still flying coach. Coach. Flights being delayed because we know how things have been since COVID. Now the flight, they're different. I think if anything they can do, with the revenue's going up a little bit, if anything they can do, they can at least use the planes from the NBA because they're not playing at the same time. Especially after the NBA Finals. Go ahead and start giving them charter planes, man. Come on. It's, it's time. You can, you can at least at least do that NBA. Go ahead and pitch in because a lot of these guys have the same owners in the NBA they do in the WNBA. So if they can go ahead and do that, that'll be great. That'll be a big ups to you guys. Um, moving right along. Um, we'll talk about a little bit of baseball coming up because we're not in the playoffs yet. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about baseball another time. Right now, we have to focus on the NFL. NFL is back. We have some preseason action so far, and it's been phenomenal. Um, a lot of people watching it. Um, I, I think having the, um, I forgot the name of the other league now. We've talked about it before. I think it's the USFL. Having them back, it's been a way to kind of tamper and kind of, you know, make it to where we don't crave the NFL too much. But they actually have storylines now, like the Deshaun Watson saga. What's going to happen there? Is the, is, is the AFC North going to be actually a good division because you have Big Ben who's been removed? You add Deshaun Watson, but is he going to play the season? He's going to play half the season. What's going to happen there? Then you have Lamar Jackson looking for a new contract. 
You have all these different storylines going in. So now that he's in this year and he's given them now a deadline to where he's like, by week one, you need to have this money, which means he's leaving. So, which means no matter. So the good thing for the league is if they cannot come to an agreement of some sort week one, I say is almost a guarantee he's going to leave for another franchise. Who that is, we have to talk about that throughout the season. But for that to happen, that means he's going to be on showcase mode for the entire league, which means I'm picking him as an early candidate for MVP between him and Josh Allen over there in Buffalo. If you have fantasy, which that's pretty much what we're talking about right now, fantasy football, Lamar Jackson needs to be the first quarterback off the board between Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers, which I don't know. I think he slides this year because there's no Devontae Adams. But Lamar Jackson, who's a dual threat, needs to be there. And I believe another person that people need to look at is Kyler Murray and Arizona Cardinals. That's another thing. The defending champs down there are the Rams. They always, there's always been a tendency in the NFL is very difficult because the way they do their scheduling, the way the way everything's set up for if you win your division, you have the toughest schedule next year. And then you have a thing called the uh, Super Bowl hangover. It's very hard to repeat, almost impossible in the NFL to do it. I think it's only happened once. I may be even wrong with that. Um, they may have two and three years or something like that. But my point to the matter is, look for the Arizona Cardinals do a lot of things because all the controversy happened around their quarterback and that division being in flux with Seattle getting worse. And then the Rams, they, they're, they're, they're doing okay. But I don't feel like they gotten better this offseason. I feel like they gotten older. And they, they pretty much all but lost OBJ. The Niners going to be something serious. I feel like because Debo Samuels got paid, he's going to regress this year. Hot take. Hot take. So we'll see what happens there. I feel like the Arizona Cardinals can easily win that division. And that means go ahead and draft your Kyler Murray, people. Kyler Murray needs to be the top three quarterback taken off in your fantasy league this season. Um, going into other divisions, um, we you got it. When you talk about the NFL, you have to speak about the Cowboys. It, I'm not ESPN. I'm not the evil four letter, but the Cowboys are the Cowboys. They have the most fans. And I know most of the people who listen to this show right now are Cowboys fans. And if you're not a Cowboys fan, you're a Cowboys hater. I'm not. I just guarantee you 85% of my people listening right now are either Cowboys fans or Cowboys haters. It is what it is. My boy AC on the show all the time. Listen to AC Sports Live. I hope he listened to it yesterday. I know he's an Eagles fan, which means he has to be a Cowboys hater. I feel like the Cowboys are in flux. I feel like the Cowboys are a hit and miss team. I don't feel like I don't expect much from them, but I do expect a lot from Dak Prescott. I'm talking about right now fantasy. Ezekiel Elliott, stay away from him. CD Lamb is the only guy from that team you draft, maybe Dak. And if you get Dak, you got to get him in like in the sixth or seventh round. But I still feel like he's going to give you really good backup quarterback numbers. Joe Burrow, another one. AFC North once again. That's where the cream of the crop is going to be. I feel like Pittsburgh's not going to do much. And I feel like the, the, the defense in that division is going to take a, a little bit of a backseat. I feel like getting Lamar Jackson should be your number one pick. Not number one pick, but number one quarterback selected. And I feel like um, we got to see what happens, too, with uh, who's that, Brissett? That's down there in, 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 in uh, Cleveland. I think he's going to get some good numbers, too. I think he's going to be very solid down there. The people I want you to stay away from who were good last season. One, Devontae Adams, for who plays for my Raiders. I feel like Derek Carr is going to get him the ball. He's going to get yards. He won't get touchdowns. And it depends on if you're in a PPR league or not. That might help you to some degree. He may be a top five wide receiver, not number one or number two this season. So you want to stay away from 
one Devonte Adams. Um, you also want to stay away from. You want to stay away from Aaron Rodgers. Piggyback off of that. I wouldn't get Aaron Rodgers this year. It's maybe Aaron Rodgers' worst year in the last five seasons. He doesn't have that go-to threat anymore. He's not going to get in the end zone like he used to, like he used to before. I feel like the Detroit Lions. Yes, I said the Detroit Lions. And the Minnesota Vikings are going to give them fits all season. And don't rule out the Chicago Bears. I feel like this might be the Lions' best season in a long time. I'll give them about seven to nine games, which is still a lot, which means they have to beat up on their own division to do that. And I feel like they're going to, I feel like the Green Bay Packers are going to split with every team in that division this year. They might even get swept by the Minnesota Vikings. You've heard this here first. I would not put my money on Aaron Rodgers. I do not pick him early. Another quarterback I have to pick early. Matt Stafford had a good look last year. Stay away from him. One player I think is going to regress, but still get him early. Maybe maybe your first wide receiver taken. Still, Cooper Cup. He's still going to produce. He's still going to give you that yards after the catch. He's still going to get an end zone. He may not do as great. He, I, don't, I don't think it's impossible to do what he did last season, but he's still going to be great this year. I believe that. Another person to stay away from, Christian McCaffrey. That should not be something you that – should, that should not be a, a big old thing to say. Like Christian McCaffrey every year, either he's not available when he is available – He's only giving you so much because the team is so limited. All you got to do is skew it up for him, and he's easy to stop. I think he had that one good year, and that's it. Maybe two or one and a half, I would say. But Christian McCaffrey is another one you should stay away from. So I had Debo and Christian McCaffrey also to stay away from. Uh, another person to stay away from. I, mm, I should have had it written down. But um, I should tell you this now. I had Josh Jacobs in every one of my leagues last year. I had like four leagues. I had Josh Jacobs. He fell in my lap. And that's why I did so poorly last year. Josh Jacobs is the person you just need to stay away from. I would say this. For the Raiders, the one player you draft higher than you expect, he'd be a sneaky pick. Hunter Renfro is going to have a career year this year. Because of the addition of Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro will be a sneaky pick. He'll be like the Wes Welker of old. He's going to get a lot of yards, and he's going to get some admirable touchdowns. He might get like six touchdowns this year, but a ton of yards. So that might be a good pickup. Waller might be another one, but no one, he doesn't sneak up on anyone who he's going to pick up. It's a lot of, oh, another one. One last person I say, stay away from who's been great for seasons. Tyree Kill is going to have a horrible year. Tua's just not that dude, and he's going to find out. Tua cannot throw the ball deep, and that's where Tyree kills people, is deep. He's not going to, he's not a, 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 a dink and dunk player. And he's a power runner. He gets faster per yard. So if he's only giving you five, six yards, you might get some picks. Tua might be one of the worst quarterbacks to pick. He, he, he shouldn't even get drafted, even with having a weapon like Terry Hill. And yes, he's never had a weapon like this, but he should be someone you stay far, far away from. So that's that's the people I think you should stay away from altogether. Everyone else is, is easy. Just, just pick like you normally would. Um, you know, pick your running backs. It's going to be, I think this is going to be a year of a lot of decent running backs. You should have at least 12 decent running backs this year. So your first round, I feel like should be mm, the first six to eight picks should all be running backs easily, easily. And then some wide receivers and then maybe some running backs again. And then your quarterback in the third or fourth round. I believe you should do that. But it's another thing too. The quarterback's going to be really deep this year. I think it's gonna. I think almost every team will have a, a reputable quarterback. There should be at least a good fifteen good quarterbacks and like three elite. So unless you're getting one of the top three in the second round, I still say don't pick one in the first round. Then you should not get a quarterback to at least the fourth or fifth round. Well, 
that's my hot takes on that. Don't want to get too much into any NBA talk. Um, we're going to save that for later with our guest host. One thing I will say is that um, I still pick the Nets. I feel like the Nets are going to stand pat. I feel like they're going to win the East. The only team that's going to be able to contend with them will be the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. Them getting Brogdon was a huge pickup for them. However, if there is a trade to be had, the only way to move KD, which to me is still silly because you're staying within your own division, is to move him to Boston. And the only option to do that would be Tatum, not Brown. You do Tatum and give them one pick and some ancillary piece, maybe just to make the numbers make sense. That's what you do. And that's the only offer that's even worth looking at. And the, the Nets will still be good, but now the Celtics are the prohibited favorites no matter who comes out the West. You put Kevin Durant with that coaching staff and that defense around him and Brown, Jalen Brown was the only consistent player the, the Celtics had in the finals last season. Now, we can say that maybe Tatum's going to add something to his bag, which I believe he will. I believe he will. But I don't feel like Brogdon's enough to make you to now make you a title contender. It might make you enough to do better, but guess what? You beat the Bucks barely in, in game seven, and you need a heroic effort in game six just to get you to that point by Tatum. That was without your best player. Oh, your second best player, I'm sorry, in Middleton. And that's who I believe should be trying to go after KD in a sneaky way. If Middleton comes back pretty strong, I think by January, if there's no trade happening, I think the Bucks should try to send Middleton if the Celtics don't offer up Tatum. I feel like the Bucks should move Middleton. I think they, they, they'll miss on a, a great opportunity to pair to pair KD with Giannis. Just stop playing out. I, I think it's the best way you can beat the Golden State Warriors because they're only going to get better. They're getting younger and better. They got rid of a lot of the players who really didn't add that much last season. And we don't know what's going to happen with Poole, but if they can keep Poole too, stop. Watch what happens with Wiseman. As the Splash Brothers get a little bit older, Wiseman's only going to get better. I'm telling you, they're going to be around for the next five years easy. So in order for them to have at least three years of that window taken away from them, KD going to to, to Milwaukee, because you're already hearing talks of, of even Giannis even entertaining the Chicago Bulls. When he starts entertaining it, it's putting y'all on notice. I'm telling you, because he knows he can't beat Golden State in the next couple of years. They have a, the only team that has a chance right now. Maybe Brook, uh, Brooklyn, if they stay together, and that's another thing. He sees if Brooklyn stays together, Boston's gotten better. He, they're seeing themselves sliding and not getting a chance to defend their titles healthy. Let Middleton play. Let's see what he can do. Let's see if he's back to um, in, uh, all-star form. And if he is, put that package together. Make it happen. Keep Drew. Keep keep Bobby Portis. And, of course, you keep Giannis. And you add KD. <laughs> Send Middleton and two other players and two draft picks. Get you KD, wrap it up, and now you have a team that actually can face the Golden State Warriors or whoever else comes out of the West for the next three seasons easy. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to have Tony. Tony, my main man, Tony's going to come in and drop some knowledge on y'all. You've been listening to The Time Is Now. Happy birthday. 
All right, you already know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday, so let's go. Halle Berry turns 56 this week. And from the NBA, Boban Marjanovic turns 34. Mila Kunis turns 39 this week. And Marseille Martin turns 18. Wow. Bruce Brown in the NBA turns 26 this week. And Urban Magic Johnson turns 63 this week. Watch their new series on Hulu. It's phenomenal. Kofi Kingston from the WWE turns 41 this week. And Rudy Gay turns 36. Steve Martin, funny man Steve Martin turns 77 this week. And Tim Tebow turns 35. Bogdan Bogdanovich from the NBA turns 30 this week. And Ray J's wife, Princess Love, turns 38. Hey, 227 in the house. Jack A. Harry turns 66 this week. And Willie Collins. Stein turns 29. Bone Jones, Jones, Jones. I'm sorry, my bad. That's Joe Jonas. Joe Jonas from the Jonas Brothers turns 33 this week. And GP turns 27. Benifer, Ben Affleck turns 50 this week. And Madonna, Madonna turns 63. And from Blackish, Anthony Anderson. Now from Law and Order, Anthony Anderson turns 52 this week. And he's a 40-year-old virgin. Steve Carroll turns 59. Angela Bassett getting her groove back. She turns 63 this week. And Lil Pump. Turns 22. Robert De Niro turns 79 this week. And one of my favorite rappers, Joyner Lucas, turns 34. Paige from the WWE turns 30 this week. And Donnie Wahlberg turns 53. Sean Penn turns 62 this week. And Fury Henry from soccer. Fury Henry turns 45. Christian Slater turns 53 this week. And Aniko Hart, that's Kevin Hart's wife, she turns 38 this week. Robert Redford turns 86 this week. And Demi Lovato turns 30. Robert Plant. Robert Plant turns 74 this week, and he did it all for the nookie. Fred Durst turns 52. Al Roker turns 68 this week. And finally, 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 Mitch Trubisky turns 28. We have some honorable mentions. Roberto Clemente passed away in 1972. Would have been 88 this week. Isaac Hayes, wow, Isaac Hayes, been gone since 2008, would have been 80 this week. Patrick Swayze, one of my favorite actors when I was growing up, passed away from cancer 2009, would have been 70 this week. And finally, Nipsey Hussle, all my life, grinding all my life, dedication to you, Nipsey, got slain on his own corner back in 2019. Would have been 37 this week. Well, that's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now, back to our show. This next segment is brought to you by Discount Audio and Wheels. Discount Audio and Wheels is your car audio rim specialist. You can see them down in Paramount. The address is 7324 Rosecrans Avenue in Paramount, California. Go to the IG at Discount Audio Wheels. That's Discount Space or Underline Audios Underline Wheels. Call them at 562-634-4556. Say that Mike sent you. Now, back to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to The Time Is Now. I got a special guest. I got a special guest, my man, Tony. Tony from Discount Audio in the building, man. What's up, man? What's up? How you doing, Mike? I'm good, man. I've been doing this show for a while, and I've been, you know, we talk all the time, and I'm glad to finally get you on the show, man. Uh, it's great to be on, man. It's great to be on. 
let people hear you, man. This is what's up. Um, real quick, you know we're going to talk about it. You know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about not only this NFL, but let's focus more on your Broncos, right? Your Broncos. Um, when you guys acquired Russell Wilson, what, what did you think? Well, I thought that Russell should have been their target from the beginning. Obviously, everyone was on Aaron Rodgers. But Russ is way younger, dynamic, and you also have to consider is, okay, do the guys in the locker room, how are they going to take in Rodgers? Wilson, they're going to embrace him right off the bat, and it's pretty apparent that's what's been going on right now in Denver. So, obviously, ecstatic that Russ is on board. Now, when you say how are they going to take on Rodgers, what do you mean by that? So, when they were looking to acquire Rodgers, um, and Russ was obviously their second choice. You know, a guy like Rodgers does rub a lot of people wrong in the locker room. So, obviously, my first choice, mine, would have been um, Wilson. But in Denver, they were all in on Rodgers. What I think about that when I hear about it um, is that the front office, knowing that there was friction in, um, in, in Green Bay, it's like you you got to take a look at it. It's similar to, like, KD or, or someone of that magnitude who, who's going to be a certain type of person but you can't pass up on the opportunity of taking the, the back-to-back um, MVP of the league. You, so I feel like they knew they could get Russ if they wanted him but they had to take a stab at Ru Aaron Rodgers because he probably gives them the best chance of winning right now. I, I think that's how they were thinking about it. What do you What do you mean? Yeah, if it was to win a Super Bowl this year, mm -hmm. obviously Rodgers gives you that window now but Russ gives you that window for the next eight years so that's why my preference would have been Russ and it worked out in our favor that way right I mean you eight years that's kind of that's a long time I mean I know quarterbacks are lasting a long time these days and it does help that your wife is Sierra so you want to you know you know you see what happened for Tom Brady you have a <laughs> wife like you have it, it it prolongs your career so I totally get that but you know how I feel you know how I feel about your Broncos We've had this conversation. I'm going to bring this to the forefront. Now, first things first, the AFC West, like I said last season, is like the NFC West, where I feel like whoever wins that division, because it is the toughest division in football where Russell Wilson just came from, I felt whoever won that division will win the Super Bowl. I feel the same way this season when it comes to your Broncos. I feel like they're going to win that division. And then, of course, win the Super Bowl this season with Russell Wilson at the helm. And if they stay healthy with their receiving core and their dual-thread running backs and that elite defense, I feel like they have a chance of winning it all. What do you think? Of course, they're in the conversation. Obviously, I want them to win it. I do think that they're a top-four AFC team that can get there. But you also have to consider the Chargers, the Raiders, and, of course, the Chiefs. But everyone's sleeping on the Raiders. Offensively, I believe they're going to be elite. And with a play caller like McDaniels going on there, I think he's going to dial it up. And I know a lot of people aren't high on Carr, but <laughs> I, I really expect Carr to take a big step this year. That's funny you say that um, because you know the Raiders are my team. And uh, we're going to get to them in a second. And <laughs> You know I'm not high on Carr. We'll get to him in a second. Let's go back to your Broncos really quick. It's funny that you say top four team in the AFC because I'm looking right now at the at the Super Bowl odds for this season, and um, your team is ranked number four in, in the odds of winning it all. Above them is the Buffalo Bills, and I'm just reading AFC. 
Kansas City Chiefs, the Chargers. So they they project that the Broncos going to be probably third in the division, and then the Broncos at plus fifteen hundred, and then of course my Raiders are much further down. I think it's like plus four thousand. Yeah. See, so <laughs> they uh, the people also Vegas also believes that um, we're going to be final place in in the AFC uh, West. But it, when you look at those projections right now, it says Buffalo Bills one at plus six hundred. Um, Tampa Bay 700, Chiefs 900, Rams 1,000, Packers 1,000, Chargers 1,300, and your Broncos 1,500. Does that sound accurate to you? That's pretty accurate. Um, the way I look at it, Buffalo, everyone in the AFC West, and then all the other teams come after them. Those are really the teams in the AFC that I would look at to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and when I'm looking at it, I, I, you know how I feel. So they're pretty much saying that the Chiefs, and the Chargers will be better than the Broncos this year. Let me bring my reasoning why I feel like the Broncos will be better. It's not about just, like, like we're not, I, I look at it past what's on the roster. Because we know the Chargers made a big, they have a huge, uh, great offense. They just went ahead and beefed up their defense with the um, acquisitions they made. So I get that. However, I go deeper into it. I feel like the one thing the Broncos are missing, I think they won, what, eight games last season or seven, seven games last season? They, they're missing a quarterback. And, and they were in every game. They were in every game with with Drew Locke as their quarterback. Like nothing against Drew Locke, but he's he's a backup quarterback at best. He's a number two at best. So you bring in someone who's won a Super Bowl on Russell Wilson, who has the threat on his feet and hands, and he's the best deep ball thrower in the league playing in Seattle. Now you're playing in Denver where it's easier to throw the ball deep. I'm telling you, I, I feel like, and then also the final thing is the Broncos strength of schedule. The strength of schedule. So I actually would talk to you about that. Yes, let's um, go. From my perspective, so just assume every team in the AFC West splits three and three. The advantage Denver has is the schedule. The schedule is very soft for them at the beginning. They start off in Seattle, then yeah. they get Houston at home, and then that third week is the 49ers in Denver. Yes. Which I think they can win that game because yes. it's early in the season. It is in Denver. The altitude is a big key. A lot of teams go in there thinking that they're going to run someone over. No, that altitude is real. I fly out there. I watch the games there. And it's a real thing. And that's Sunday early night football, season, right? That game is Sunday night. Correct. Oof, yeah. <laughs> yes, correct. Week three. It's early. And what a lot of people don't understand about Denver in September whether if it's September 1st into like October-ish, it's hot. It's in the 90s. So you might get a couple days in the 70s, but it's hot. I've been there. It is no joke. So with the weather being hot, altitude, I think they can win that game. So now you start getting into that schedule. It would not shock me to see them start off the season 8-2, yeah. and 9-2. But then that, that schedule at the end gets tough. Because then you have the AFC West opponents that come in in the last six games. Well, they, they, they'll probably end up splitting some of those games. I do have them going 12-5, and five, um, winning the division over the Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders. So that, that's, that's how I have Denver there. I actually wanted to go through it, and you, you kind of outlined that for me. Because the first divisional matchup is against the Raiders Week 4 in Vegas, which is very winnable. Now you say they're gonna split, so you're pretty much already saying the Raiders are gonna win that game. That's that's how I'm Correct. hearing it. You feel like whoever's at home yes. gonna win, which is very respectful. Well, and remember, I did say one key element for Denver 
as far as their home field advantage is at altitude, mm-hmm. the Raiders have a major one. It's called Las Vegas. <laughs> right. No one thinks about that. So you have to sit there and think, if you're going to change a team's schedule and have them come in on Saturday, these are grown men that have money, that want to go have fun, and it is Las Vegas. So if you either get there too early, they might go have some fun, you get there too late, you're throwing them off on their habits. So Vegas has a major, major advantage on that. So I have them winning that game. I feel like the only quarterback in that division where that will where that will apply is Justin Herbert. I don't feel like that will apply to a player like Russell Wilson, Mr. Squarepants. I don't feel like that's going to apply to someone like like Patrick Mahomes, who, who's a homebody as well. I think those two quarterbacks will win, and I feel like those two teams will sweep my Raiders this year. I feel like the only team they'll split with in that division will be the Chargers at home. I, I truly feel that. I want to run this through real quick before um, before we go to break, because um, your schedule, like you said, the first three games, and very winnable games on the road in Seattle, but it's Seattle and Russell Wilson going home. I think that was very smart how they, and that's Monday Night Football. I think that was a very smart move by the NFL for him to come home. Hopefully they cheer him. I don't think they'll boo him because I, we have to wait and see because he was traded, right? He was, yeah, he was traded. I don't think he went there as a free yeah, agent. He was traded, so he's traded, right? So I think, I think he'll be fine. So what I, I want to run through these real quick. I want you to answer. We're going to go through the Broncos. When we come back, we'll talk about my Raiders. But right now, let's go through your Broncos. You said week week one against Seahawks, you had that, that as a W, right? Yeah, it's a win. Week two is versus the Texans at home. That's that's a dub. Correct. Right? Week three yeah. at home versus the Niners. We both said that was a dub, right? Correct. All right. Week four versus the Raiders. You, what do you have that one in, in Vegas? As a loss. You have a loss. Okay. So then uh, week five at home versus the Colts. What you got? Uh, that's a Thursday night game. I have Denver winning that uh, just because of home field. Okay, that is a Thursday night game. That make that gives me cause to pause with the new quarterback. They, I think they may lose that game, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run it through what you're telling me. So you have that as a W. Broncos Chargers next week in Los Angeles. I think that I think Los Angeles is a bigger one. People don't catch that being in LA, but hey, but not the Chargers. I guess I'm thinking against really the Rams if you play them in, in LA. But Broncos Chargers, what you got? In LA, I have the Chargers winning that. Wow. Okay. Um, Just remember, so I'm going uh, based on a split that yeah, they're losing yeah. their road game and winning them at, at home. In the division. That's that's honorable. So the next one, easy. Jets, Broncos. We didn't even have to do that one. Boom. Broncos. Yeah, uh, I already know. And then after that, Broncos and, and Jaguars. I, we, we all know that. That's Broncos. That, that's a win, even if it's in all the way on the other side in Europe, but that's a win. That is in Europe. 6.30 in the morning game. Good call. Um, yeah. I still feel like see, I still feel like the Broncos gonna win that right. So then we have the Broncos um, versus the Titans the next week after that. That's a tough one in in Tennessee um, early morning game. They'll, they'll they'll win. They'll they'll win. I have them winning that one. Okay, you have them winning that one. Uh, that's that's a flip of the coin for me. Um, then Raiders Broncos in Denver. You already said Denver's gonna win that game. Correct. So then we have Broncos Panthers <laughs> in in Carolina. That's a win. Exactly. That's a win. Are you seeing these? They're seeing they're kind of ranking up. We still haven't gotten there yet. Now yeah. we have Cardinals, Broncos. You know what? Yeah. Wait, no, 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 no. Broncos, Ravens in um in Baltimore. That's a loss. I, I, I have the they're traditionally thing. really they're really bad in Baltimore. They've yeah. always played bad in Baltimore. Most teams so are bad in Baltimore. <laughs> Most teams are bad yeah. in Baltimore. So. so then we have the Chiefs, Broncos at home. You already called that as a win. They're at home. Correct. 
All right. Then we have Cardinals Broncos at home. How do you have that one? That's my 50-50 one. That's mm. the one because you just don't know what the Cardinals I'll give just because it's at home. I'll give the Broncos the win. But I can easily see that as a loss as well. It just depends on how good Kyler is going to be playing at that time of year. Yep. That's my key. That's why I, that's why I have that one as a win as well. Then we have Broncos in L.A. With, versus the Rams. That one I have on as a Christmas, loss. On Christmas. On Christmas. Yes, as a loss. So that's funny. Uh, 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 Christmas is usually on. So is Christmas on a Sunday this year? Uh, yes. It lands on a it Sunday is. this year. Yeah. So you have that one as a loss. I do too. Correct. Um, and then Broncos at Chiefs, you already have that as a loss. So we have a two-game yes. losing streak. And then you have Chargers versus Broncos at home. You already have that as a win. So when you look at everything here, you have the Broncos really losing like three, four games. That's four to, four to five games, like I said. Oh, yeah, because you have a yeah, flip. Yeah, so you have that flip. So I just to be 12 and five, I think that's where they're going to be at. And they'll probably win a division. Right. So I have them, I have them as... Um, um, 14 and 3. <laughs> I'm Mike, a 14 and 3. 14 and 3. That, uh, of course, I would love it, but I just I just believe they're always going to have a letdown game here and there. And just based on the schedule, 12 and 5 is what I have them at. Well, I, I guess the flip game is my flip game is Raiders, Broncos in, in on week 4 and the Cardinals. So they could be 13, 4, 14, 3, however you want to slice that bread, but that's how I have it. So um, with that, we're taking a short, short break. Going to come back real quick to wrap up um, this segment uh, with the Raiders real quick and just get your, your idea on the Raiders. Um, you've been listening to The Time Is Now. Are you tired of spending your entire weekend at dealerships only to feel as if you got a raw deal? No! Don't you hate all the back and forth and haggling for countless hours? Imagine this. While you're at work or having dinner or just enjoying life, the people at Pure Diamond Auto are working a great deal on your behalf. With Pure Diamond Auto, they have a team of former sales and finance managers who know all the tricks of the trade. Call 562-PDA. 7888 today for a free consultation. That's 562-732-7888. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, guys, welcome back. I've got Tony back again um, on the time is now. Tony, real quick, man, um, you're doing great, brother, first and foremost. Um, Want to look into my Raiders, my Raiders. Um, I'm not feeling good about it. Not feeling good. Um, we start off the season going against the Chargers, week one in L.A. <laughs> We're going to do the same thing we did with your Broncos. How do you have that game going? I have the Raiders winning that. That's a home game for them. Uh, it's, no, it's <laughs> a home really no. It. no, it's not. It's a home game for the Chargers. It's a home game for the Raiders. I'm That's exactly what that is. I'm, oh, no, no, I got no. it. Oh, my bad. My bad. Fan, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That is 100% true. They will be packing that out 80-20. That's a great point. 
damn it, you got me there. I was going to have that as a loss. I Just on that point alone, I had them winning that game. Damn. But, no, no, no. I got his loss still because I feel like Justin Herbert, I feel like Justin Herbert is going to go for revenge because the way they finished the season. I feel like I, I still have the Chargers winning that game. But that's a good one. Great point. I didn't think of it. I'm not changing my mind on it. Great point. My thing, with, my thing with the Chargers is, and, and this does fall over to the Broncos as well, is the coaching. Mm. That coach just takes way too many gambles. It cost them last yeah. year against the Raiders, going for it on the on their 20. And they ended up losing, I, I believe, by that field goal three points. Yeah, and was four. that was a field goal they gave up on that possession. Yeah. So coaching, so Denver's coaching is questionable. The Chargers are questionable. I'm a believer in Josh McDaniels, which that's why I think the Raiders could be much better than what you think they are going to be. And I believe if their defense gives them anything that is above average, they can be a sneaky Super Bowl contender. Anyone in the AFC West, by the way. That's true. Any, any team in the, well, yeah, you, you see that of each team in the AFC West are in the top third in Super Bowl contention. That's huge. Yes. So I, I get it, but 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 I'm gonna I have I'm gonna my pause is this, and, and let's get into this real quick. But you know what? I'm not even gonna go through their whole schedule. I already feel like they're gonna win probably no more than eight games. So I'll leave that there. Um, we don't have to go through the Raiders schedule because I want to get to this point. Devontae Adams is a huge pickup because what it does is it allows Waller to be open. And, and Renfro's going to get open. It allows Waller, it, if they line him up on the same line of scrimmage most times and, and have and have Waller in the tight end position, all he has to do is a rub. He's going to get open in the middle of the field, even on the outside of the field, a lot. I get that. However, they're going to move the ball down the field. Derek Carr's going to give you 4,000, almost 5,000, probably 5,000 yards this year. He won't score in the red zone. That's your problem. And Jacobs is regressing. So you have Brandon Jacobs, your number one running back, and you've just picked up a- a- Abdullah. Great. But he, he's, I don't think he's an upgrade from, um, 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 what's the guy last year? Uh, Kenyon, whatever. Kenyon Drake. I don't think he's better than Drake. So he's not better than Drake. Jacobs is re- recessing. We got Devontae Adams. That's great. Winfrey's great. Waller's great. That's a great trio. But you're not going to score touchdowns. Uh, that's why in my fantasy league, I'm picking up. I'll let you know right now. You're not going to get them from me in our fantasy draft. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the kicker. I get him almost every year. I don't, you know, I, he's gonna, he's gonna get the most points in the league this year. I guarantee you, because they're gonna get down the field. The, the, these guys are gonna put up. They're not gonna put up more than 24 points a game. I feel like they're gonna put up no more than 24 to 28 every game. That's not enough to win in today's NFL. That's why I feel like they're going to be so poor. Devontae Adams is going to get his yards. He's not going to get his touchdowns. I'm telling everyone right now, do not draft Devontae Adams. He does not have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. You draft him, he'll probably be the he'll be top 10 receiver because he'll get you those yards. He's not going to give you touchdowns. I bet you Devontae Adams has you no more than five touchdowns this year. Watch. Well, I, <laughs> I think the one huge advantage that you're not taking into consideration, Mike, and their defense. is the play calling. Is the play calling. Uh, play calling on the offensive side is going to be massive. How many times did you see the Raiders get in to the 20, to the red zone, and not score a touchdown? Now you have McDaniels that is an elite play caller. He uses the tight ends. He'll get receivers wide open in that red zone area. See, so see, that's where I expect that, Carr to that's, take that step that's, up. That's where I'm, that's where I'm, um, unless, he, unless it's Waller every time. 
because because Carr is afraid to take chances. Even when he's downfield, he he will not throw it more than thirty yards. He won't do it. And when he does do it, he throws it where no one can catch it. Not just his receiver, where no one. Can, I don't believe in Carr. I've watched him for two. When he had Amari Cooper, I mean, I know Devontae Adams is better than Amari Cooper, but Amari Cooper is pretty damn good. Whenever he has a receiver, he doesn't get them the ball in the red. He does not take chances downfield. We'll see. This is his best friend, his his Fresno State friend and receiver. We'll see. I don't believe it. He had to show me. Then the defense, to me, is not good enough. Now, because the Chargers have increased their defense, they may be the third best defense in that division. The Chiefs coming in last. Well, yeah, of course. Chiefs are in last. Raiders are in third. Um and then it's a coin flip between the Chargers and the Broncos. And I know everyone give the edge to there's gonna be an edge to the Chargers based on the names, but I think Denver's defense is elite. They'll be a top five defense. There's a lot of guys on that right. side that people are not looking at. Yes. But back to the Raiders, um, as far as offensively, Renfro is going to go off. I agree. He He's gonna go off. He is going to be Carr's number one target. But he's not gonna get touchdowns. Gonna have, um, I, I just think the separation. These guys have great separation. Yeah. So if you really look at their 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 offensive skilled players, so Devontae Adams, uh, you can argue he's the number one receiver in the league. But let's just be on the safe side. He's a top three guy, correct? I think next year he'll be probably top five. He's gonna regress because he won't get touchdowns. But we're talking for this season, he's a top three guy. So, now, tight end, top three guy. Renfro, I can make an argument he's the best slot receiver in the league. Cooper Cooper Cup still plays slot. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying as far as um, he's a top three guy in my eyes because of what he does for that team. So... You have top as, guys. As a W3, or, or well, I think they call him the Z, the, the Z package, whatever. Yes, he's one of the top four yeah, he's Z one package of, guys, yes. He's a top, just expanded, top five guys. So yeah, in top all five in that position, in his position. Top, so you can have top five guys across the board. In their positions, yeah. great play caller, which I'm not a McDaniels fan as a person, because remember, he was our yeah. coach in Denver, yeah. and he got fired. Yeah. But uh, he can... He can he can call an offense. Yeah. So I think Good that point. a lot, uh, a lot of the guys, excuse me, a lot of the teams in the AFC West. So we'll use the Chargers for instance. So the Chargers have Jackson. Okay. So you put Jackson on Adams. Then on Waller, you'll go ahead and use Derwin James. But then you have Asante Samuel Jr. to try to stay with Renfro. They match. They line up very well. But look at it this way, Mike. It's the play calling. Little rub routes, little crossers. You guys can't stay with guys in this NFL for more than two, three seconds. Yeah. After three seconds, they're wide open. Then you think the old line's gonna be good enough? You think the old line's gonna be good enough? That's their biggest. That's their biggest Achilles heel. Is their O line and their defense, which I believe their safeties are gonna be their problem. And Carr is um, not mobile enough to extend the play. I'm trying to tell you, man. I, I just think you're selling him short. I think Carr, for what he's done, and you you have to remember, I am not a Raider fan. I might uh, sound yeah, like I am. Now, I am. Them, That's what's funny. But I'm, I'm the Raider not a Raider fan, fan whatsoever. <laughs> but you really have to look at what Carr has done. Let's call it for what it is. The Raiders have been a dumpster fire for years. 
that one year where Carr got hurt, he was an MVP. Yes. Top, top three, three guy. Top I believe three. he was number one before the injury. And I believe Brady, correct me if I'm wrong, Brady won it that year. You could have easily had Carr winning that MVP. So what he's done with that organization, being a dumpster fire, ownership has been horrible. They played in Oakland, which the stadium, you know what the stadium was. Was the worst. The yeah. worst. Yes. So really sit there and look at what he's had. And the guy, all right, maybe he hasn't been a top five guy. But you can make an argument. The guy's right at 10. And in a better situation, yeah. what he has now, weapons, better offensive play caller. Uh, all these things make a huge difference. A beautiful stadium yeah. compared to what they had before. You're going to find out how good Carr really is. This is the year you're going to find out. Is the guy a top seven guy? Or is he just between that 10 to 15 and he is what he is? But I think he's going to take that that step to be a top seven guy in the NFL, top eight guy. I'll say this and I'll leave this with them. I the My issue is this, because I take everything in perspective. I think it's the strength of schedule that's working against them. They, them and the Chiefs have the hardest schedule in that division this year. And because of that, they'll be the bottom two teams in that division. I feel like it's not enough separating those four teams. So the strength of schedule is going to be the Achilles heel. It's going to be the deciding factor. Also, we just said it, O-line, defense, and the Raiders have the worst, in my opinion, the worst quarterback, as I believe Justin Herbert would take a step forward, would leap over him. Because last season, we had the second best quarterback. This season, I feel like we will have the fourth best out of four teams in that division. I feel like number one quarterback still Pat Mahomes. I think Russell Wilson is the second best quarterback. And those two guys won championships. And I feel like Herbert has now ascended past Carr. And that's that's the reason why. O-line, quarterback, defense is why the Raiders. Oh, and strength of schedule. That's, for, that's why the Raiders will finish last in that division and will struggle to win eight games. Moving on from that, before I let you get out of here, um, we already talked about the Super Bowl projections. We talked about our teams, Broncos and Raiders. The rest of the league doesn't matter because I feel like everything's about the AFC West. So nothing else to me really matters. That division is all that matters, not just because my team is there, because that's what I see. Now, moving forward. Um, what do you think about the Dodgers' chances this year? I mean, when I look at the landscape right now, the Mets are like the best team, I believe, in uh in 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 um in the No, 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 no. It's it's the uh the, the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers are the best team in the NL, and the Mets are right there, correct? If I remember correct. Yeah, correct. And then the so best the team in the AL, are the, are the, the best team in the AL is the Rockets. The, I'm sorry, the uh, not the Rockets. What do you call those guys? The Houston Asterix. Um, and 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 the and the Yankees are taking a slide in the AL. So when you look at the landscape of baseball right now, um, who do you feel has the best chance of winning it all? Well, I know the the sexy pick has always been the Dodgers, but I really think that them not having Walker Bueller and him being out for the year they announced that yesterday with the tommy john surgery i believe i think they're going to have serious problems in the postseason um their pitching staff is i know these guys look good on paper and they've been playing well throughout the season but at, once you get to the playoffs you got to have some dogs you got to have some guys that just say give me the ball let me go give you six seven innings and i don't think the dodgers have that other than urias and who else so I think they might be in trouble getting into the postseason. If their bats hit, they'll get to the World Series. But if their bats get a little quiet, they might be in trouble. So then that falls back on the Mets. The Mets have the pitching staff to right. 
get to the World Series. So it's who do you put your money on? Pitching or hitting in short series? Right. You kind of have to go to pitching at that point. Which is the problem with the Yankees right now. The Yankees, their pitching has been inconsistent. And it's, on a, it's on a slope in the wrong direction. Giving up almost six innings, six runs a, 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 a game now. And that's not good on average. So um, they're, if they're hitting, that's the thing with the Yankees. If they're not hitting, they're done. And if they actually make it to the World Series, which I don't think they will, but if they do, they probably will go against the Mets, which would be great for New York as the Subway Series. But if they go against the Mets, the Mets win. That's how I feel. And, and I, I feel like that's the best chance of the Mets winning it because the other teams of the AL seem pretty decent. Um, speaking of the AL, before we move off of baseball and keep it in California, what the hell what the Angels are doing? Messing up all the good years of Shohei Tani, probably the best player since Babe Ruth, and then Mike Trout, probably the best hitter and player ever. Top, top three, top five before he retires. And most people don't even know about it. Unless you're a baseball fanatic, you don't know about Mike Trout. And that's a, if you're not in Southern California, if you're not a baseball fanatic, you don't know about Mike Trout. What do you think? What should Artie Moreno do with the Angels at this point? Honestly, they needed to trade those guys. And if I'm those guys, I'm asking to get traded. Yeah. Uh, Trout should have asked to get moved two years ago. Two years ago. It is clear. Yeah, they, it is clear they just can't build a championship contender. Yeah in Anaheim they just can't do it yeah you could sit there and tell me you won a championship what was it in 2003 well we're 19 years past and you have the best player in baseball which is Mike Trout and you have a that is just an amazing amazing player as well they never see this again for another 100 years dude <laughs> exactly and at this point I mean it's clear they just can't put a, a good roster in there and pitching is really a big problem for them yep. they're gonna have to trade at least one guy I understand they have to sell tickets, so you might have to hold on to one. you got to move the other. you got to go get pitching. If you want to make the playoffs over, say, the next three, four years and right. just put a contender out there, yes. you got to move one of them. Sucks for the Angels, but it has to be done. Orange County fans, if you if you just have a winning product, because that stadium is beautiful, easily to drive in and out of is the opposite of Dodger Stadium. Now I'm talking about beauty, but just the convenience of getting in and out of that place is great. The waterfall, nice place, but they just need a contender. You're right, and I feel like they should move both of them. I feel like they should trade them. Get as they need to they need to develop a farm system down there, uh, and they need to they need to be patient. They kind of swinging for the fences. It's the LA way to try to go ahead and just get a big name, but but they're not that team. They, they need to develop. It's not like that in baseball. You can't get one guy to say, okay, take us there. That's not how baseball works. This is not basketball. So I think that's what they need to change about their system. Um, real quick, um, what do you think about the Lakers this year? Do you, I just, I'm just spitfire. Lakers, what you got? <laughs> um, until they trade Westbrook, they're pretty much cooked. I don't see them <laughs> contending in the West. That That's what's holding them back, that trade for Westbrook last season. And look, I, I get it. Westbrook is, is a Hall of Famer. You cannot argue that. Just it does not fit here with the pieces you have with LeBron and AD. He does not fit. Um, we had a conversation last year when that trade went down yep. that I would have preferred that Buddy Heel deal over Westbrook because you would have kept KCP and you would have had shooting and spacing. But with Westbrook on the books, I just don't see it. I mean, I'm hoping they can flip them and move them. You're going to have to attach those picks. But if you want to win now and you don't want to waste LeBron's last couple of years, you go make that move and you go move them. 
other than that, you're cooked. The issue is who you season. issue is who do you move him for? Um, because I don't believe that the Kyrie thing was ever real, and I feel like um, if the because when everything happened when the season ended, I said. The Nets are going to be the favorites next year. With Ben Simmons, I feel like Ben Simmons was a perfect fit for them. And their defense is getting better just by having him alone. And and, and I felt like it was weird with the whole... I, and I, I, I understood the contract situation. They should have put clauses in his contract and just extended him. That this whole thing, like, show us what you got. I get it. But pe- too many people are listening to first take. And that's what happened with management. Cy listened to first take and Stephen A. And let that get to his head when it comes to, to that. So that messed that up. And then Kevin Durant being emotional as he is, which I can't stand, which is why I don't feel like he's going to win again, which I feel like that was the dumbest move of him leaving the Warriors. And it's funny that they won last year, a year ahead of schedule, in my opinion, um, um, because of the Bucks didn't make it back. But anyways, to move on from them, going back to the Lakers, I because Westbrook was supposed to go for Kyrie. That's why I made that bridge. But Westbrook, I feel like there's not a good trade for him. And I dis- I vehemently disagreed with you last year when it came to Buddy Hill because I didn't like his contract. He was making too much for a one-trick pony. He does nothing else but shoot. And, and the Lakers are built around defense, especially at the perimeter. So and that's what they needed anyways, when they have KCP and whatever. So I feel like Buddy Hill was not going to give you enough. I'd rather have kept Alex Caruso. I feel like that was the biggest thing, not letting uh, THT walk and keep Alex Caruso was a big thing. Westbrook, they didn't have a strong enough voice for him. He did not respect Vogel from the jump. And that was an issue. You have a championship coach. I don't care what anybody says. He won a championship. Okay? He earned it. Two points for you, Mike. Two points. Sorry to cut you off there. No, you're good. On the Caruso, you're good. You're good. On the Caruso one, um, I believe they would have re-signed him if they would have uh, worked out that deal. And it wouldn't have been Westbrook's big contract. There'd have been some movable pieces. So you probably would have kept Caruso there. And then on the second one, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you not think that for this season coming up, if you cannot move Westbrook, are they better off not having them in the building, period? No. Paying him to stay home. No, no, no. Let me ask you on that. No, 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 no. And and you give me your view and then I'll give you mine. Welcome back, everybody. Sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties. That's probably the Lord saying, move on with it. Mike, you're being long-winded. Anyways, <laughs> Tony, welcome back, brother. Um, when it comes to Russell Westbrook, this is going to be difficult. But I feel like Darren Ham is the man to get this done. I said it last season after Christmas. Russ needs to come off the bench. I don't give a damn what his contract says. His contract is a formality. You did not give him that contract. You inherited it. He is going down in his career. He cannot coexist properly with LeBron. Not for long stints. Maybe a play here and there where their time overlap. He needs to reduce his minutes to 30 minutes a game. He needs to get to about 30 minutes a game, be the sixth man, probably the sixth man of the year, which would be great for him to win MVP, a championship if they do if they pull this off and sixth man of the year. It would only bolster his Hall of Fame status. Let me tell you how you do this. You don't start him. You start defensive players and shooters, which is what LeBron needs and also AD needs, right? Now you rotate him in while you rotate LeBron out early and keep AD in. So you let you, you let LeBron come out after seven minutes, 
or so in the first in the first quarter. Let respite come in and cook for the second half of the first quarter and to overlap into the second quarter and let LeBron close out the, the second quarter. Then they can start intermingling in the third quarter, what have you. In the third quarter, they can they can have some overlappage. That's how you do it. Cut Westbrook's minutes, allow what they say Russ to be Russ with the second unit and a bunch of players who run. And they have these, they have Damian Jones now. Let him play with Damian Jones as much as possible. He's a perfect pick and roll player. So I feel with the, the changes they've made in the offseason so far, they have players who can run with Russ. The team is exponentially younger this year. So I feel like they could be successful. If Darwin could pull this off, get Russ to commit to defense and have him come off the bench and reduce his minutes and allow what they say Russ to be Russ, the Lakers could win 50 games. I believe that. So, Mike, I agreed with you with him coming off the bench. This is when they initially made the trade. Uh, they should have brought him off the bench last season. Yes. But as far as this season, I just think he's one of the worst. Well, obviously, he's one of the worst three-point shooters in the league. I believe he was bottom three in the whole yes. NBA. Yes. His plus minus is atrocious. Yes. So if you were to remove him and any other player that is not committing the mistakes that this guy commits on the court over and over and over again, that's just a positive. So in my eyes, I would just pay him and tell him to go home. No. And it sucks because he's a Hall of Famer. No. He really is. No, no. But I'm going to bounce I think back that again. You really think Russell Westbrook is going to come off the bench with a positive attitude? Yes, because Frank you know why? Vogel no, Vogel, Vogel wasn't the voice to do it. He's that he didn't have the voice. He didn't have the cachet. Darwin Ham, sorry to cut you off. Darwin Ham and Russell Westbrook have been talking every week since since he got hired. They went to dinner. They they spent a lot of quality time. He's been talking him up. He's building that relationship and trust. Darwin and he's an ex player. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what I know. He could get him to come off the bench if he could. All they have to do is win. They continue to win, and then Russ will get his numbers. Russ gonna Russ gonna average off the bench, 18, 8, and 8, playing 30 minutes. He does, and that's not far. Last season, he averaged 18, 7, and 7. He'll get more. This is the thing. When he's coming off the bench, if he's not playing with LeBron, he would not be asked to shoot three-pointers. He won't need to shoot three-pointers. And, and there'll be enough spacing for him to go to the basket. I'm telling you what I know, man. He comes off the bench, so gets years, less minutes. Let me ask you this, Mike. Yes. How many years has Westbrook been in the league? This will be his 15th season or 15th year. Okay. 14th season, 15 year. year. So you're, 15 asking, year. you're asking a superstar, Hall of Famer, to become a six man and not to be an aggressive shooter. Mm-hmm. You want him to change everything he's done his whole career. Yes. I've seen this story before. It's called Allen Iverson. You remember what happened to him at the end of his career. Yes. That's Westbrook. And I just think him being on the bench if he gives you something great i'm not expecting it i just don't see it i will because dude's a baller but it the fit is just not there i can't see it i, I look, even the way you described it, yeah. everything you've said you said about five ifs in that whole <laughs> rant it was five ifs and that's just one too many for me. It's yeah, I possible. I can get away with one or two, but it's just too many. It's possible. Okay. It, it, it's possible. I just don't see it. What you I said. It. I, you I think s- yeah, at this point, just trade them or 
pay him and let him go home. I release agree. Him. I agree. Trade him. I just think that's possible. So since that's not possible, what are your options? Your best options for him to come off the bench. You know, I, I, you know what? I don't feel like you start. You know what? I feel like you start your season that way. But I don't. I don't think Darwin Ham's going to do that because he just started as the coach. I think he's going to give him. A, he's going to allow Westbrook to play himself out of the starting lineup. He's going to allow him to do that. He's like, I'm going to show you my system, and I told you what to do at my press conference to start. And because you're not doing that, he's going to allow him to make those mistakes because he already knows he can't do it. Ten games in, he's going to say, okay, brother, this is your new role. And he's going to have to accept that, take that humble pie. Now, Iverson's take is fair. I feel as if having a teammate as Carmelo there last year will be a learning lesson to see his future right in front of him. Don't buck the system or you might be out of the league and never come back. Carmelo got lucky to come back on vet minimums, right? And 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 so I, so I feel like he could look at Carmelo and look at Vince Carter. How did they uh, elongate the career, and what were they willing to do? Two guys who were superstars, perennial all stars, who then became role players. Now Westbrook's going to regress in his fifteenth year. Start? Who did they just get? Who Man, do you should, start, Mike? I had the I, I noticed I had it I had this I had to look it up. But they they just picked up the guard. Hold on, I had to look this up again. My bad. I had oh oh my bad. That's easy. You start, you start, you start white boy. You start AR-15. Absolutely. Now, now you're longer yeah, would, and taller. I would, I would rather give him the minutes. And then with Russ not being on the bench, you just paid him and you sent him home. You give somebody else, a young up-and-comer, the chance to get those minutes. And let LeBron take them under their wing. And I just think the plus-minus is just going to work out in better favor to the Lakers. Because there was a stat out there. Um, I forgot who it was that brought this stat up. The Lakers led the NBA in wide open three pointers. Yes. But yet had one of the worst three point shooting percentages right. out there. And right. a lot of that had to do with Russ. A lot of it's just, I don't know, I just don't see it. Uh, I would love it to work. I just don't think it will. And yeah, yeah. it's going to be a wasted them for LeBron. I feel like now you you have him, you you can start because these guys are gonna get a lot of minutes. So you, whoever it is, like AR fifteen, he's already proven. Um, you can have him out there, um, and then also too, they just picked up my boy um, Scottie Pippen Jr. But I don't think he's gonna get a lot of playing time. He's on a two way contract, so you could also put in um, Max Christie, what he's picked up. Max Christie is a shooter. He's a rookie, but he's a shooter. He's a gunner. I don't think he's gonna start the season. Um, to start, that's why I feel like you do AR-15 who's already familiar with LeBron James. I forgot the other guard's name that was injured all last season and is coming back. Picked up. That's right. And um, he could he could definitely start. That that I call him hologram. And I that's, think um, he should start. Yes. No. Oh, he God. should start. Yeah, I, um, he needs to start and just let the Kendrick young Nunn. guys be on the bench. And Kendrick none. Nunn. There you go. And I think that would work out for the Lakers much better. The guy can yeah. score. Yep. The guy can play defense. You can shoot. It just it's a better fit overall for the starting five. And I just think just send Westbrook home. Give him his money. Bye. No, point, I, I'd I rather I'd rather I'd rather not play THT. THT's not a good fit either. He's worse than Westbrook. He does because he doesn't do anything else besides just drive to the lane and he can't shoot. He defends okay. He's getting better defensively. You know, but hey, man, we can talk about this forever, bro. But I feel like you're yes, right. Kendrick, 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 <laughs> Nunn, Kendrick Nunn is the starter. AR-15 will be the shooting guard. And then your small forward, and we can figure out the rest after that. Because you, you, you might start Stanley Johnson, Lonnie Walker, don't know yet. 
but then you, you want to start but no 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 lebron will start at the three because you want to start damian jones you need that pick and roll threat. So you want to start the two-headed monster because because um, uh, um, um, the brow does not want to play the, the five, which is why they picked up Thomas Bryant, which is why they got Damian Jones back. So now LeBron will be the three. So there you go. And Lonnie Walker and, and Juan Toscano Anderson back him up. It's totally easy to do. We do not own the rights to this music. Raising hustlers, thieves, and prostitutes. Young homie, think before you shoot. Murderer. Murder all around the whole world is nauseating Everybody hating, everybody overrated Why everybody acting agitated I thought we graduated back in the saddle way Up on the battle stage Patient is a perfect fact And you know ain't nobody perfect And when the curtains close Open up the door No, no, no See we're losing this world Realize it ain't gonna happen. We done changed the world. Get a 
heard and said It was coming, got my guns, better arm yourself Most of them have a clue, if it goes down, what to do Don't you know the government ain't broke for me and you I have a dream, no, I have a wish If we can't save ourselves, damn, let's save the kids Let the world go home, let these babies have something Let the world go home, just don't pull this motherfucker up You kill him, he'll kill you Some say it's stupid, but violence really lives where I come from released by Trump's office Friday night contends that everyone takes work home sometimes. Yeah, no, no, you know what? That's true. Everyone does take work home sometimes, but not Donald Trump. <laughs> the man barely took work to work. <laughs> and also, by the way, it's not taking work home with you if you no longer have the job, all right? Can we agree on that, all right? You don't have the job. You can't take work home with you. Like, if you get fired, from your babysitting job, but you still go pick up the kid from school. <laughs> That's just kidnapping. Who do you guys see as the current legitimate president? Uh, I don't think we currently have one. If we do, maybe hopefully Trump's running behind the scenes, keeping the military on our side. The recent attack that took out the leader of Al-Qaeda, who ordered that attack? I don't know, I didn't read a whole lot of that. I try to stay out of the media as much as possible because it's all a bunch of theatrics anyways, so. Yeah, and you're, you're, not, you're not somebody who gives in to theatrics. Right. Right. So, 45, the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, being investigated for some time for his acts and um, taking classified documents from the White House. Now his home being raided, one of his homes. And the thing is so many layers to this. Like, how did this guy become the president of the United States? Regardless of how his tactics helped my taxes for my business and helped me keep more money in my pocket, but also, of course, his multi-billionaire friends, of course, um, and everyone else who owns a business, whatever. That that's the only benefit I can see. But I, I choose, I choose democracy. I choose um the things and I don't make this political but we all can easily see that this person was not a person who should be running the quote unquote free world or they want to say the greatest country on earth and the only people who actually believe that are people in North America not even not even everyone because I don't think Can Canadians believe that but people in like Mexico and the United States are the only ones who believe that crap just so you know go go travel <laughs> a lot of people aren't just breaking their backs to come here maybe some people in Africa maybe I'm just saying, but this guy becomes the president of the United States and look at all the things that's unfolding since then. Just an embarrassment from the beginning. And what was his criteria? The man who says grab him by the pussies, the one who says lock her up, lock her up, all his theatrics and the things that he's done over the last several years, more than uh, over half a decade. 
of tyranny. And then after all this coming out, he says that Barack Hussein Obama stole millions, over 30 million documents. He's taken over 30 million, so no one, and he's still stuck on that. The one who says he's not even an American citizen. Just all the things, all the lies, just the constant lie. And it's the thing too, you know the thing that's so great about this in a sense? Is that he opened it up to where everyone can see everyone's lies. He uncovered the underbelly. The reason why they like, how does this even happen? What is happening to our democracy and the systems and then and, and all the, the 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 tampering? Why would that even come up? Is it possible that it, they can be tampered with? I believe so. I don't think everything he's saying is off base. I think he was just so much not a politician to where he was just free to say whatever, which is why a lot of the ignorant people in this country backed him so hard majority of his base is in the places where they don't even where they don't read where they say everything is fake news like global warming is fake news but we're having the hottest summer we have ever had where you have different rivers and different bodies of water that are literally drying up and then you're having monsoons in places where there's deserts in las vegas and other places around the world where the weather's continually shifting and you're seeing things that hasn't happened before you gotta understand the world is one big organism and I believe that the human race is a cancer to it and it's doing everything in its power to rid itself of that cancer. I truly believe that. It's no coincidence that we are made of 70% water and so is this planet. I don't believe it's a coincidence. We're birthed from this earth. When you look at the solar system, there's a lot of different similarities. I, I'm just, that's just me just throwing that out there. But my point is this. When I look at the democracy of this country and I look at the hypocrisy in it as well, and where we're focusing so much on this, when there's so many important matters that's going on. I mean, we even had the Schwarzenegger as our president. We had Ronald Reagan as a president as well. These guys didn't qualify to be in these positions. Popularity votes. People who lobby to put people in power so they can continue to still have their power. These guys are puppets put up in front of you. I even, I even believe that President Obama was also a puppet as well. That's why a lot of things that get done. They wanted to put, they wanted to scapegoat after this country was in disarray and, 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 and the economics were broken down. They said, ooh, this might be a good time to put a black person up there to, to, to take the blame off of us. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We're looking at a country where they're allowing things to happen, where the opioid crisis where the gun laws, where, this, where, where, where the judicial system has people developing more and more free labor. They're creating products, even the, even the plastic wear, creating products that are polluting the world, but the, yet they don't care. All they care about, this, this, is, this is a people who do not believe in the other side. They don't believe whatever they do here is gonna transfer over to another life, so, but, not, but then they wanna go ahead and make sure they teach you that. And the things they teach you also too are things that's gonna keep you bounded. Cause there's there's a lot of people who do that, they, they don't they don't strive for greater things. I think there's a middle ground to where you can have heaven on earth and also another life. You can still be prosperous on this planet and, and be fruitful and multiply and yet still do good and still worry about the people coming after you. One of the most unselfish things you can do if you're someone coming from poverty or from lower class or whatever is to purchase life insurance. Why don't we do it? Especially in the minority community. The other thing you can do too, you can also invest in things that would have very little benefit to you. Find ways to purchase land. 
there's a really good show on Apple TV called The Banker. Y'all should watch it. It shows how minorities are able to get around that red tape and buy land. Because that's how you can transfer wealth fastest in this country. That's how it's always been. Property is the fastest way. It's always going to mature over time, no matter what. Even after we had the recession before, it went down. Everyone's property values back up again. Every 10 years, you're going to have equity. You're going to have it. And when it drops, guess what? Five years later, it's going to go back up again. So by the time you retire, you will have equity in your home that you can transfer that. The problem we do with that is then now we sell it. No, 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 no. The way you do it is to accumulate more. Take the equity out and buy more. And buy more. And buy more. And that's what you do. Every generation buys another home. And another home. Multiple if you can. But why don't we teach this? Why is there so many things that's going on in this country? People are distracted. And people and, and the wealth gap just continues to, to grow. There's more people and more people being middled out. There, there, there's companies finding ways to not pay you or, or, or not to give you benefits. Now you see the wealth gap is changing. Now there's the gas prices are shooting up. The price of milk is shot through the roof. Food. What's, what's going to happen? Do you really need a, a, a yacht that goes inside of your bigger yacht? Why do you continue to have these harmful gases? Now they say they, they have the green initiative to cut back on global warming. Okay, that's great. Sounds great. But now the prices of the vehicles are shot through the roof. The average electric car costs over $55,000. Who can afford these vehicles? I sell them. Who can afford them? Just 20 years ago, the, the average cost of a vehicle was about $22,000. So we're double that. Think about that. The G-Wagon, which you don't need, it's a $300,000 vehicle now. That car was $140,000 just three years ago. What are we doing here? The price of electric. Now you're gonna be using electric cars, but your electric bill shooting through the roof. Water bill, they, they have it in California. We're not even allowed to water your grass most of the time. So now you have to buy turf. And I'm looking at that as well. It's very expensive, the more land you have. If so many things are going in another direction, guess what? Minimum wages haven't gone up enough. Wages are not going up. Hours are being cut. Commissions and commission sales are going down. They're finding more ways to cut. And the people at the top are literally getting richer and the people at the bottom are getting poorer. Every time there's a recession, they find ways to see what you can adapt to. What, how, much, how much are you willing to take? So I look at the whole scope of everything. When I look at the judicial system, the part that bothers me, when you look at when an unarmed black person is killed by the police, when we will gather together to hope that there's some form of justice, like they just did with Breonna Taylor. It took some time, but they're finally getting there. Now, let's see the sentencing. Chauvin got 25 years, can get out a little sooner than that. They can get out in like 18, 18 or 20. 25 years for a public lynching. Why is that not life? I like what happened to the Maude Aubrey case. That's great. That was awesome. But the thing is, why are we all so shocked? Because that's not how it's been in this country. When the FBI came for you when, you, when you knew the FBI was coming for you, their conviction rate is like 98 or 99%. Like When they come for you, you're done. But why do we even have to question what's about to happen to Trump? It should be a done set deal. But why is that? Because he's powerful and he's a white man. And in this country, the laws were created by powerful white men. It's not set up for you if you are a poor white man, if you're a poor person, period. You can buy your way to freedom. They said the same thing for OJ. He's a black man, but he was wealthy. 
Bill Cosby found a glitch in the system. These are black men. The laws are set up for the wealthy, preferably white men who are wealthy. So when you couple all those things together, it's like you got superpowers. Who's going to stop you? If this is truly going to become a democratic state, if this is truly going to become a form of democracy, the laws have to be colorblind. What I mean by colorblind, they shouldn't be able to see green. Until next time. You can win As long as you keep Your head to the sky Be optimistic mm-hmm. well, That's it this week guys Thank y'all for rocking me once again And thank you to our guest Tony O in the building Man he came in and came and showed out Our music choice this week was Change the World by Bone Thugs and Harmony. It's the first time Bone Thugs has made this show. That song was very apropos, a strong song that we all needed right now. Man, remember, if you like the show, like it. Of course, of course, share. And of course, of course, subscribe. Now it's time for our final word. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and help the one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the past for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Proverbs 4, 14 through 27. Remember, spread love, share love, embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace. Don't give it up.